guys. Welcome to PT Snacks Podcast. This is Casey Rost. And if you're tuning in for the very first time, first of all, welcome. What you need to know is that this podcast is meant for physical therapists and physical therapist students who are looking to grow your fundamentals, but in bite-sized segments of time. And today we're going to continue talking about the neck pain category groups in the current concept. So if you want to take a deeper dive, definitely check them out here. But today we're talking about neck pain with mobility deficits. And so this diagnosis is common in your patient who's less than 50 years old, has acute neck pain, meaning as in less than 12 weeks long. The symptoms are just in their neck. It's isolated there. And they may even have range of motion deficits, which makes sense with the name. It's mobility deficits, right? And this neck pain in their range of motion is going to be reproduced at in range of active and passive movements. So often this pain can be unilateral, and meaning the location of the pain is unilateral and the range of motion deficits are unilateral. Is it possible for it to be bilateral? Of course. But you also want to make sure that you are ruling out hypermobility so you aren't doing contraindicated treatments like manual therapy on these patients. So what I mean by hypermobility would be, hey, maybe they have a cervical fracture. Um, So things that you would consider if in their history they were talking about a trauma like a fall from a height where they may seem hypomobile and not want to move because they're guarding and their body is trying to compensate for that lack of stability by muscle tension, things like that. Now, if you want to review Canadian C-spine rolls in episode 33, that one would be a great one to refer back to for these patients with the trauma who may or may not benefit from x-rays, radiology, things like that. Now, if we're looking at instability such as ligamentous instability, go back to episode 58 to learn about that. But we would consider this in our patients who have had long-term exposure to corticosteroids for systemic things like rheumatoid arthritis, systemic lupus, erythematosus, or um, other pulmonary conditions. Now, in these patients, you also might want to be aware of something called VBI or vertebrobasilar vascular insufficiency, and we'll probably cover this in more detail in a future episode. But we we pause on this one because a lot of times with this neck pain with mobility deficits group, we are often trying to treat the hypomobility with manipulations or um mobilizations that might cause them to be at in-range motion on their neck. And so some people will screen out VBI by doing pre-manipulative holds just to see if they have any dizziness, things like that. However, the effectiveness of a pre-manipulative hold kind of has mixed bag results, um, may or not be actually helpful, plus you're also winding them up in that position. So Typically in their subjective, what you'd want to screen for would be things like vertigo, tinnitus, dizziness, visual, visual, perceptual disturbances, and fainting. If they have these symptoms, they are a possible VBI patient until proven otherwise. Um, With these patients, the most common symptom with vertebral artery dissection is pain in the head and neck, like 90%-ish. 
So, and it's often unilateral and suboccipital. So something that you would want to consider in your head. But these patients, that pain will be nonspecific, but severe and sharp, and they probably won't have had a similar pain before. All right, so those are the, our things that we want to screen out with these patients, make sure that we're not considering those. That was cervical fracture, cervical instability, and VBI. Now, in our objective assessment of these patients, you obviously want to look at their range of motion, not only cervical, but thoracic. So always make sure that you're considering the nearby regions and see if they're painful. So when you're screening, make sure that you add overpressure on their end ranges because it may be they're not actually going to their end range. So you truly want to assess what their end range is. And also, you'll probably see, especially in cervical, people do kind of weird things when they're doing like side bending and rotation. Some people like to add a little flavor and combine all the above. So make sure that you're guiding them through the motion you actually want to assess to make sure you're assessing their true range of motion. Now, in this category group, we are assessing segmental motion as well, mainly of C2 to 7, our typicals. The upper cervical is going to be a different category group we haven't gone over yet. And then for treatment of these, so let's say, hey, I'm pretty sure this fits in the mobility group. They've got a hypomobile segment and they don't fall into these other categories. For treatment, think of it as a spectrum on the nearest end, trying to get mobility, and then on the far end, like discharge. We are trying to get towards coordination, strength, and endurance of these components to help maintain the mobility we get and the function. So our job as physical therapists is to see where they are on that spectrum and then meet them where they're at so we can get them towards that discharge area. So let's assume, hey, they're starting off at, we need to get this area moving. You can get it moving through manipulations or just mobilizations. Depends on if it is contraindicated or not, obviously. It depends on the patient comfort level. Some people are not about it. And it depends also on your comfort level. If you don't feel like that's something, like if you're uncomfortable with it, don't do it. Do something else. There are different studies that support manipulations over mobilizations, but again, make sure that you are comfortable with it more than anything. Um, Studies support manual with exercise, not just manual. So make sure that you're following it up with exercise that is supported in multiple good quality research studies. Um, People, there's been a couple studies that have looked at hey, who are the people that do well with cervical manipulation? Saying it all found that if they have initial scores of the NDI less than 11.5, bilateral involvement pattern, if they're not doing sedentary work more than five hours a day, maybe they feel better moving their neck, not worse extending the neck. And they have spondylosis without radiculopathy. They found that if they have four or more of these characteristics, their success with manipulation increases to an 89% chance. Pretty good. And then there was another one by Budetera et al. that found that if these patients had symptoms less than 38 days, they had a positive expectation that manipulation would help. Side-to-side difference in rotational range of motion was greater or equal to 10 degrees. Or if they had pain with a posterior anterior spring testing of the middle cervical spine, 
then if they had three out of four of these characteristics, they had a positive likelihood ratio of 13.5. That's pretty good. Now let's say, hey, these patient, this patient here doesn't really want to do a cervical one or, hey, I'm not so sure if this is safe. Maybe look at thoracic. Again, it's not as specific. So these patients with just thoracic in research don't do quite as well as thora- cervical manipulations. Obviously, you need to be safe more than anything. But Cleland et al. did a study on patients who do well with the thoracic manipulation and have neck pain. And the characteristics they found were if they had symptom duration less than 30 days, no symptoms distal to shoulder, doesn't aggravate symptoms when they look up, FABQ physical activity score less than 12, if they have diminished thoracic kyphosis from T3 to 5, and cervical extension less than 30 degrees, if they have three of these characteristics, their success is at 86%. Granted, they did it, the same group did a study several years later and didn't get quite the same results. Um, but at the same time, think about what is best for your patient. These There are different ways of treating these people, but the biggest idea is if they are in the mobility category, we need to do some sort of mobility to get them toward transitioning towards the other line where we're looking at strength, endurance, and coordination. So use the research, use your clinical expertise, and use what is best for the patient for evidence-based practice, right? Now, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out at ptsnackspodcast at gmail.com, or you can find me on Instagram at pt underscore snacks. Um, I love hearing from you guys. So let me know if you have questions from today or um, requests for future episodes. If you want to support the show, the best way you can do so is telling a friend about it or writing a five-star review on Apple. That really helps me out. But if you want to support financially, you can go to the link below at Buy Me a Coffee. And that just allows me to be able to keep putting out free content that ideally is concise, but also helpful to you guys. Now, special announcement, MedBridge is doing for October in honor of Physical Therapy Month, a special on their premium price. It's an additional $50 off if you use the promo code below. So the premium not only allows you to get access to online continuing education, as in like thousands of classes, right? Um, online webinars, or even specialty examination courses, like if you're prepping for your OCS or SES, something like that. But it also comes with that patient exercise program where you can literally, there's thousands of exercises on there. You can literally piece together a specific exercise for your patient. Comes with a videos, link, app, all that kind of stuff, instructions, and give it to your patient through email, print, text, all of that. That is the premium. So not only would you get the normal 40% off, but an additional $50. Really, really good deal for an annual subscription. So if that is something that you need, check out the link below for more of that. Otherwise, you guys have a great rest of your day and I will see you next time.